All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, February 13th of 2024. Looking ahead, looks like we have a six-game NBA main slate tonight, as well as an 11-game NHL slate. So it should be a fun day of DFS. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You can get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You can also get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest of the SaberSim team. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But with that said, uh, we are going to jump right in here. Let me get the app pulled up. And our first question came in from Great White Shark. So going to get this in the chat. All right. Question says, Notice lately on NBA that late swapping has unfortunately lowered my actual final scores when reviewing versus my pre-lock build top lineups, which if I just let them run unchanged for the slate, would have earned more. Is this part of the swings and late swapping over time will remain profitable? Some slates like last night had four possible swap windows, too many, and most importantly, better to uncheck custom rules used from the start at that point. Mean unique stirred down advice. Welcome. Okay. So this is a, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this. You know, I have a pretty strong stance on this one where I want to say that, you know, I am never ever going to recommend purposefully ignoring projection changes just because in the past, a lineup that you built pre-lock would have had a higher score. And, you know, one of like the most like simple examples is like when players get ruled out, you know, if I were to like pull up our NBA lineup alert channel in discord and I were to go back to last night, you know, if I go back here and look, you know, lock is at four o'clock my time. Right. So, so this sim ran like really late. I'm not even sure if you would have gotten this one in yet, but Gigi Jackson gets ruled out. You know, Scotty Pippen shoots up, becomes huge value. He starts. Unfortunately, he gets injured. But, like, you're basically saying, hey, I want to ignore this. Like, uh, you know, if if Gigi Jackson is in my lineups, leave him. Or, you know, Scotty Pippen's projection shoots up five and a half points and he's min salary. Uh, don't play more of him. Like, I just think that's always going to be the wrong answer. And which is why I just, like, can't suggest that basically basically ever like i would just say that you know it's just like a bad example you know maxi Kleber ends up coming off the bench and daniel gafford starts and daniel gafford's projection goes up three points and then if you go back to yesterday and look gafford had a huge game like those are the things that you are capturing when you are late swapping you are getting to less of Kleber and more of daniel gafford you are getting Gigi Jackson out of your lineups and you're getting to more of Scotty Pippen Jr. who, if he didn't get hurt, would have had an even bigger game than he had. So in my opinion, you know, late swapping is always the right answer. Um, you know, 
can you have a lineup that scores higher actual points? Yeah, I think part of that is going to be a little bit lucky to avoid all the injury news and the new starters getting announced and somehow you still had a lineup that squeaked across a higher actual score than if you would have late swapped. But, you know, the, the same way that, you know, if like, like uh, you don't just build your NFL lineups on like Friday and then just leave them. And if, if any news breaks, right, you're going to react to that news. So uh, I wouldn't think too much about it. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would continue to late swap. And then for some of your other questions here, you ask, uh, hey, is it better to uncheck custom rules used from the start at that point? Meaning Neeks turned down. So in general, I think it's fine to carry over your rules. If you have rules that you like, carry them over. You know, when you run your swap, right? Uh, use the clone option. So let me just get a file in here. So then if I go to late swap, you know, you don't have to use defaults. You know, you can continue to use clone. I think it's fine. If you have minimax exposures, there are players you'd like, regardless of other, you know, projections change, people become value, whatever. Have you decided like, hey, you like those guys and nothing's really changed on your opinion? Keep those clone settings. So I'm actually a fan of the clone option throughout the entire slate here. And then as far as min uniques, you know, you might be able to get to like four min uniques, five min uniques, depending on how many lineups you're playing at the beginning of the night. I still like to use min uniques in the late swap. I recommend it uh, to try and maintain some diversity. I would just say it's okay to get to less. So as the night goes on, you know, maybe you can only get to uh, three min uniques now. Maybe for the last swap of the night, you can only get to two min uniques. Like that's okay. Like it's better to swap the lineups and have a lower min uniques than to have a higher min uniques and not swap all of your lineups. So I would recommend using it, but being okay with that number being lower as the night goes on. But really good question to get us started today. Uh, happy to talk about those things. Next one here. Question says, looking for advice for getting different. What are recommended ways to get lineups that aren't so high in ownership? Set a global max. Uh, so a global max, um, well, when I think of global max, I think like global max exposure you know, if you could always do like a lineup aggregate rule, you know, if you're worried about the sum ownership of your lineup, go to your lineup rules, go to add new rule, change rule type to aggregate. When you do aggregate, this is going to look at the lineup as a whole. So then you can do something where like, hey, my ownership sum is no more than X and whatever number, you know, matters to you. You can put that in there. Uh, increasing your sim diversity. I wouldn't go above nine for classic slates, but you know, the smaller and smaller buckets of sim you use, the more likely those lineups are to be different and to have some outliers in them. I would say that, you know, you don't need to get crazy different. You don't need to go, you know, completely off the board to be different from the field. You just need these, you know, small tweaks as long as your lineups aren't being duplicated. Uh, you know, it's still okay to play chalk. We saw this a lot in NFL season, you know, when Max and I were doing our contest reviews for NFL on a weekly basis. We saw very, very often throughout, you know, all these different weeks that lineups that were grading out as positive SIM ROI might be getting different in, you know, one place, two place, three place, four place, depending on the size of the tournament, uh, you know, three, four, having like um, some of the large field millimakers, makers, you know, having like three to four players under like 10% owned. we saw at times, but, you know, for these like, you know, contests in the tens of thousands and the thousands, you know, they weren't getting that different. They were still playing a lot of chalk pieces. I can't remember how many times I saw Tyreek Hill in, uh, during those reviews, but 
uh, just kind of showed me like, hey, you don't need to get crazy off the board in order to have good lineups. You could still play strong lineups and still play uh, some of the chalk pieces. So don't think that you need to go completely off the reservation to get different and win a tournament. All right. Next question here from day by day. I like that. Daily fantasy sports, taking it day by day. All right. Putting off the potential pain of learning Saber Sim 2.0, then contest Sims, and now the new update has now come to a head for me. I've continued to use Classic this whole time and was still profitable. That decision on week one of the NFL season was especially profitable for me as I saw all the stress with other users in the Discord that day. However, during the season, although still profitable, I could sense that my other Saber Sim brethren were definitely edging up on me. Now that SaberSim Classic has been finally put to bed, I am finally going to upgrade from the old advanced plan to Ultimate since I'll be cutting my teeth with all the upgrades on NBA. Which of your great videos should I be able to watch to develop a new process and understand the many upgrades? Okay, so first thing here, just on the account side, uh, you know, if you are happy with your advanced plan, you do not need to upgrade. Uh, you know, your advanced plan is still an honored plan since you've been on it, your account's active. It'll work just fine with the new Saber Sim. However, if you do want to upgrade, you know, that's great. And you want to access the contest Sims. That's awesome. So where I would go and start is this how to beat NBA DFS playlist. This is going to be your one-stop shop for all things NBA this season here. And I will link you this playlist uh, where I would start is probably this how to beat NBA DFS in 2023 video here. This is a really good video followed by building a slam dunk contest review process for NBA season. So video one is, hey, your actual process, you know, what we suggest, things you take into account when building your NBA process, things you do throughout the night as far as late swap, et cetera. And then this next video is, hey, how do you go back the next day and review your lineups and see how you did, how other people in your contest did, how top pros did, and then start to identify some of those key differences and, and uh, see, you know, what's making the highest SIM ROI lineups, the highest SIM ROI lineups. And then you could start to, you know, learn some things along the way about things you're doing, things you're not doing, and try and incorporate those into making your process better. So video one, getting your process down. Video two, reviewing your process and your contests and the other people within your contest. I think these two videos are great. Uh, some of these other videos, you know, this is like, Pre-NBA, you know, uh, we were just looking ahead to opening night. This one was talking about our live sims. This is a really good video if you're more interested in learning how the live projections and live ownership work with the contest sim. But as far as learning how to use them, you know, you don't need all this information. So I would just focus on these two videos to start. But that is what I would suggest. All right. Question from Deacon. I'm on the pro plan and new to the site. Welcome. I watched the NBA video twice and tried to apply some of the strategies in the video. So far, I'm breaking even. I've been playing 20 max, three max using four uniques. Something is not happening. I'm trying to figure out if I'm doing something wrong. I see other Saber Sim users having good nights. Any advice is helpful. Okay, so really important to remember here. Uh, first off, if you are breaking even, that means you are winning to some extent. And the reason for that is because the sites are raking these contests. That means if this is a 100-man contest and you are paying $1 to play, 
the prize pool is not $100. The prize pool is probably $85. So what the DraftKings, FanDuel, whoever, whatever site you're playing on, they are taking a portion of the prize pool and keeping it for themselves. And they're, it's usually 10 to 15%, usually 15% at the low stakes, 10% at the higher stakes. So in order to be a break-even player, you need to win back 15%. You need to be 15% better than the average player in order to break even financially. So I just want to, you know, tell you like, Hey, breaking even is an encouraging thing. That means you are going in the right direction. If you are a completely average player over the long term, you would actually lose money and you would, you would lose that 15% that you're paying on a night to night basis for every single entry. Okay. So now the question is, Hey, it sounds like you have a good process. How do you just take that next step, right? How do you go from 15% to 35% and start to see that margin where you see that profit, right? So first thing, you know, don't be discouraged. You're on the right track. You're doing everything fine here. What I would really say is, you know, one thing I like to do as far as process review here is sit down, you know, you're going to build lineups tonight. Keep up, keep open a notepad, you know, a notepad, a, a word doc, whatever you want. Write down everything you do as you do it. Don't care what you do, why you do it, whatever. Just write it down. And then after the slate, when you have some time later that night, next day, go back through that list and say, okay, why did I do this and how does it help me? And then start justifying each action that you take. The point of this is, is for two things. One is for time savings. Two is to weed out anything that's just busy work. So, you know, maybe it's not actually helping you. Maybe you're just doing busy work for no reason. So justify the action, you know, uh, justify it to yourself. If, if you can come up with a good reason, how it helps you, why it helps you, leave it in the process. If you can't really figure out why or feels weak, maybe try taking that out. And then you're going to create this slimmer process that can get done in a quicker amount of time when news breaks really late. And you know, you're going, going to be doing things that are adding value to your process. So that is like one of my favorite tips here is, you know, go through that process, you know, update that document. The great thing is that when you have it written down, you're never going to skip a step. You're going to go through that step-by-step line-by-line each night. And then you can start adding things in. You can start taking more things out. You know, you mix that in with your review process. And now you're holding yourself accountable. You're, you're being very objective with your process and it only makes your review that much more useful. So those would be my, my, my tips here to try and take your game to the next level is try and have this objective review of your process and your lineups on a day-to-day -day basis. All right. Next question here. Question says, what is the best way to get low-owned players distributed throughout my lineups? It seems like when I use min exposure, Saberson puts the players in the lower ranked lineups. Uh, you can do like a rule, you know, it doesn't hurt to say like, hey, you know, go come do a lineup rule, maybe a group rule, automatic, and then say use at least one, leave group by unchecked, leave all the positions checked, come down to requirements, and then put my own less than and then whatever numbers low owned to you whether that be 10 percent or whatever and then this will say hey every single lineup must have at least one player under x ownership or even maybe two players right uh however you see fit to write this rule but if you're trying to you know get this specific characteristic into all of your lineups 
regardless of the rank, I would just write a rule like this and then let the builder take care of it for you. But in my opinion, that's going to be probably the easiest way to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. All right. Uh, good question there. We're going to jump over to the YouTube chat. Got one here from Shane. Shane said, now that NFL is over, any advice for people that don't really follow other sports but want to keep our Saber Sim sub and try to make the best of it anyways? Okay, good question. So I did plug this video uh, earlier this week, and I think it's an awesome video. So it is called How to Learn a New DFS Sport, okay? And I'm going to drop it in here. It's a really good video. Uh, you know, we, we know a lot of people like to play football and uh you know, may not be as familiar with some of these other sports. So this is like very good, just generalized DFS theory, how to tackle a new sport that you've never played before and how to do it in a way where you're still building lineups that are competitive, right? So if you're, if you're making the jump from NFL, honestly, what I would probably recommend is maybe starting with something like golf, you know, jumping from NFL to NBA is just such a monster just because NBA is every day. You got to watch all your lineups for your late swaps. And, you know, if, if somebody's just a little more hands off, used to kind of the vibes of, of NFL and, you know, putting their lineups in a lock, maybe doing one late swap, maybe not, uh, you know, NBA is like really going to hit you really hard. So golf is great because it's a weekly, it's a nice weekly transition. Uh, one of my favorite things about golf is that, you know, even, even beyond NFL here, right. Golf locks on Thursday, you know, you're sweating your lineups until Sunday. Like you're playing one contest, you're setting your lineups and then you're getting to sweat them, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then if, if you're not familiar with golf, you know, you get the cut sweat on Friday. So it's like, Hey, how many six to six lineups am I going to have? Which is means that, you know, you have six players in a golf lineup. Well, you want all six players to get above the cut line and make it into the weekend. And so on Friday, you're like sweating the cut and then you get like the Saturday and then you get into the final round on Sunday. So in my opinion, you know, golf is like one of the funnest DFS sweats in general. So uh, if you're looking to make a transition, I think golf is like super cool. There'll be some big tournaments uh, for the majors coming up here. I think there's uh, the first one is next month. So golf's really good. NHL, if you want to play more on a day-to-day -day basis, night-to-night -night basis without worrying too much about news, NHL is going to be a great place to start just because starting lines and, and news generally come out hours prior to lock. And there aren't a bunch of late breaking news. There's sometimes news, but not a ton. So then in that case, I would check out our how to beat NHL DFS in 2023 video here. So bunch of good, bunch of good things here. A uh, bunch of good sports to try with NFL ending. And, you know, we have models for all of these different sports. So I would check one of them out and I would check out that video that I dropped in the YouTube chat. All right. Uh, Deacon, I did answer your question already. Uh, I see that, that you reposted it here. So you probably just got to rewind a little bit, but I did catch that earlier in the show. So if you have questions about it after you uh, watch that segment, just feel free to ping me again in the office hours channel and I'll give you any uh, answer, any follow-up questions, but with that said, everybody, it looks like we're all caught up on questions in both the Office Hours channel and the YouTube chat. So appreciate you guys tuning in. I will be right back here tomorrow, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody, take care. Good luck. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.